Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go back in the saddle again. It's Frank Crivello along with Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Tichin, how are you? I'm good. What do you got there? Uh, Allagash White, a little bit okay. of main beer here. Okay, we got some We got some usual nectar of the gods going on over here. Right Spotted on. Cal. Right so, on. Um... Yeah. Hey, first of all, uh, shout out to Lex and Adriano uh, for uh, filling the seat for me uh, last Sunday and uh, chatting some Milan Juve, among other things, with Richard and uh, uh, got to go do a work trip, got to head down south. Haven't been able to do that for three years and uh, man, had a blast, but it goes by fast and it's just like, man, the older you get, the more jet lag. It's like I'm like, it took me like three days to like feel normal again, <laughs> you know? So, oh, you know, it's just part of the part of the perils of getting old, I guess. So, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So how have you been? I, how's, how's things with the family? And uh, I, I, before show, you were saying that there's uh, that you're getting more sleep. So that's a good thing. Yeah, this has only been in the last couple of days of getting more sleep. Um, I feel good. And it's uh, the baby's starting to more, sleep more and more and more, which is good. And uh, I'm up at odd hours. Like I, I got to do the watch along for the Champions League game for Maccabi Haifa against Juventus. Uh, that was entertaining for me, not for Juventini. Uh, you've you've and... never laughed so hard in your entire life. Admit it. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Uh, but yeah, no, things have been good. Things have been good. Things are starting to normalize, I guess, in terms of sleep. So that means that this only means that work's coming around the corner. So, but yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just thinking. There's nothing that who one culture Twitter can put up that's funnier than watching Juventus for 90 minutes at Maccabi Haifa. <laughs> just My having goodness. an all-time struggle of it so yeah and some of the comments right during the live stream was hilarious because somebody was like and um allegri's gonna say in the press conference that maccabi haifa are world class and we played a good game <laughs> this and that it's pretty funny with the chatter going on mm. indeed so uh Anyway, so we're going to we're going to break down uh, what happened in Europe last week. We're going to go through that real quick um, and then we're going to batch together everything that happened over match week 10. We'll have a little emphasis on the Derby della Mole as well as the match between Lazio and Lazio and Udinese. Yes, they played. Um, I don't know if they tried to play. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's another that's another conversation. So um and uh, the rest of Match Week 10, we'll top it all off with who won Calcio Twitter, the world's most popular hashtag game. Richard, do we not have you on the screen? Is that what's going on here? Or... Oh, I'm flying solo here, aren't I? Okay, it's my show. Hey, uh, chat, can you, guys, uh, can you guys hear me at least? I don't know what happened to Richard here. So, okay. Richard's here. He's trying to figure some things out. So meantime, I'll go solo. I should also point out that the rumors are true, or the I should point out that uh, there is it's Crivello sit down. Love it, Uncle Sharma. Love it. Love it. He knows what's up. <laughs> um, so I should point out that uh, we we threw a few things out there uh, in the uh, Twitter machine during the week. Uh, and uh, we have reached an agreement in principle for a new signing to City A Sit Down. Uh, so I cannot say who it is. He may appear tonight. If not, uh, we and I cannot confirm when he's going to make his first appearance. Nicola Shira was all over it, uh, as and Fabrizio Romano was all over it. Um, you know, we even have the I we we don't have the here we go confirmed yet. I think we I think we're pretty much close to it. So. Uh, but, you know, I'm just going to keep you all in suspense. I'm not going to name uh, who the third man is. Uh, so um, we will be a three-person crew going forward. Uh, and we will be a power trio. Rush will have nothing on us. Uh, no offense to our Canadian listeners. I myself am a Rush fan. Uh, so um, 
No, Anthony, you're going to have to wait. It's, you know, stuff like this has to be, has to be saved. Okay. Um, but uh, eventually Richard is going to find his way back on here. So I'm just going to give you opinion on what I saw uh, from last week in the Champions League. Um, Tuesday's action, it started with uh, Maccabi Haifa beating Juventus by two goals to nil. I mean, really, really doing a whole lot of damage now to Juventus's prospects for qualification. They're pretty much headed to the Europa League. I think the Europa League even said hi to Juventus on Twitter. So uh, check that out. Um, the goals came from, uh, well, they both came from Omar Atsili, uh, one assist from Pierre Cornrude, the other from Franz de Pierrot. Uh, worth noting that Maccabi Haifa has an American in goal, Josh Cohen, who made five saves in this game. Um, Angel Di Maria had to be substituted 24 minutes in. Juan Cuadrado was doing a lot of heavy lifting with the playmaking. Um, Dusan Vlaovic uh, had two chances on target, but nothing that was scaring anybody. Uh, you know, overall disappointing performance for the old lady. They now have to go. Uh, I believe the uh, next one is uh, October 25th, uh, and they have to go to Benfica uh, for match day five. Uh, and Benfica only needing a point at home at Juventus. I pretty much am going to say this. Juventus's Champions League prospects are done and dusted at the group stage. They are likely headed to the Europa League unless uh, they fail to accumulate the points and Maccabi Haifa manages to, out to, to, to beat them on points. Um, to get through uh, to the Europa League stage. So that's going to be an interesting to watch. The other game that happened on Tuesday, uh, Milan falling at home to Chelsea uh, by two goals to nil. Um, this was a Juninho penalty uh, in, you know, after a just an absolute disgraceful call. Uh, Daniel Siebert has a reputation for giving red cards. Daniel Siebert must have had something miserable going on in his childhood or in his young adulthood that has impacted his life, that where he becomes a referee and he just hands out red cards like they're candy. This was a miserable call um, that that pretty much changed the game. Uh, Tomori getting sent off. It wasn't even a penalty. I don't know which uh, broadcast you get uh, if you – um, you know, where, depending on where you're listening to this, the, the one here at home, the CBS studios, they said, there's no way that's a penalty. The resident expert referee, Christina Uncle, who we have a lot of respect for, said absolutely not, not a penalty, not even a red, totally shambolic, destroyed the game. Jorginho scores. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a former Milan player, scoring in the 34th minute to add insult to injury. Uh, Milan, for as much as they could, put on a brave face in this game and, and, and did the best they could. But this game was shot, you know, after that red card. Um, and now leaves Milan looking up at the rest of the group. But Milan also have their own. And we're back. Uh, sorry, everyone, for the technical difficulties. Hope those of you can catch us. We should have the link up on the Twitter page. and. Uh, jump in and pack the chat. Uh, uh, so, should I pick up where I left off on the on the European talk? Or yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, so we were talking about Milan. Um, uh, the game pretty much killed off by the bogus red card um, by Daniel Siebert. I think, Dan like I said, I think Daniel Siebert had a horrible childhood, or has had a horrible young adulthood. Has had some <laughs> experience where he decided, look, I want to be a referee, and I want to make. I want to give out a lot of red cards and I want to make other people's lives miserable because, you know, my existence is miserable. So why should others not experience it? Right. And that's the perfect explanation for that. And that's it. So uh, it killed the game. There's nothing really to talk about. The, the thing here for Milan and Milan fans, don't panic. You still control things. Uh, we still control things. Uh, yeah, we're looking up from the bottom of the group again, but we win out and we'll be, Milan will be second. Maybe first if Chelsea chokes away some points, but I don't see that. Don't see that necessarily yeah. happening. Um, and then moving on to Wednesday's uh, games, um, that started with Napoli. Man, what the hell got into these guys? 
4-2 over Ajax. They're perfect in Group A. They're going to the second round. Uh, They just uh, need a point from their game at Anfield when they go there, uh, and they will be group winners or um, a win. We'll have to see. I I think they have to beat – they get Rangers at home. Yes, Rangers at home match day five. Then they're at Anfield match day six. Yeah. Ultimately, they're just going to need a point unless Liverpool, unless they beat Rangers at home, which they should. Liverpool failed to win against Ajax, and then Napoli will go through as a group winner. We thought that was a possible outcome. We did think they were good enough to qualify from this group, but man, at the rate that they have just lit it up, wow. Uh, and then finally, Inter, uh, who had th- who saw this one coming? Uh, going no to Barcelona. And coming away with a 3-3 draw, they lead Barcelona. They have head-to-head over Barcelona. Um, they take care of business at home against Victoria Platzen and they go, or Pilsen, or whatever they call themselves, and they go through to the knockouts. Uh, this was the team that we thought was going to be the least likeliest. So, Richard, um, I think the best way to sum this up with the Serie A teams in the group stage is that Juve are out, um, Napoli's in, and Inter and Milan still have really good chances to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, Napoli, like you said, like they continue to impress. Every time we think that we, we've seen it all by them, they just keep continuing to, to entertain us. And, of course, we're talking about the last two games against Ajax, right? Both legs. 6-1 in the first leg and 4-2 in this one. Ten goals in two games. That's ridiculous in Champions League, right? You don't have Erling Haaland on your team. But you have Havarashelia, who just keep, continues to produce, whether he's double-team, triple-team, doesn't matter. He finds a way. He gets involved in every goal, right? And then um, Inter, yeah, they have a really good chance of, of progressing out. I mean, that was a phenomenal performance because they went to Camp Nou and went toe-to-toe with Barcelona minutes away, if not for Lewandowski, from getting the win there. Performed very, very well there. They uh, Gonzaga and the team got the tactics spot on, uh, you know, I, we knew Inter had this within them, right? We've seen it. It seems like in Champions League, whenever things are with their backs against the wall, they figure out that Champions League. They've done it the last couple of years. And they did it in this one. And it's and I know Zaghi feels the relief now um, where he had the pressure was all on him. It wasn't as bad as Allegri, right? But there was still pressure nonetheless. And he figured out a way. His team found a way to get out. And Lautaro Martinez continues to be a big game player. He scored against all the biggest clubs in the world, it seems like. I mean, yeah. about at least five, six top the top tier clubs he scored against. So he's a big game player. Apparently they don't need Lukaku apparently. Um, and that's impressive. Then with Milan again, didn't really get a chance to see what they were made of because that referee got involved. It was a, I still think it's a bogus penalty. I know many people probably won't, you know, 50, 50, but I think it was a, it was a bad call. Uh, and it really killed the game. There was no chance really for Milan. They had a chance like shortly after the red card, a really good chance to score. I think it was Giroud. Uh, but yeah, there was no chance. So you're down, you know, down to 10 men. Chances are very slim that you're going to come back. And, you know, there's very few teams that can do that, especially a team like Chelsea. Chelsea's a good team. We never got to see what both these teams had because it was unfair after that point. Um, so, Milan, everything's in their hands at the moment. They've got a, they're two winnable games, the remainder of games. They win out, they're in. Right? It's not the end of the world. The, the, the main goal for them is qualify the second round. Barcelona, same thing. Uh, they've got a couple of results going their way. Barcelona are not the Barcelona of old. So if they can just outscore Barcelona, Barcelona still has to play. I mean, both teams that'll play Bayern Munich. So, um, mm-hmm. so I think both Milan and the clubs could move through. I th- I'd love to see them go through, right? And of course, yeah. Juventus drops the ball for City A uh, more so than Milan has been doing. So, sure, sure. I mean, they 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 have to win at Benfica, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. when they do that, they got to play PSG at home. So. Um, it's a huge mountain to climb for Juve. I, I think they're they're out. They're probably in the Europa League unless they slip up to the point where Maccabi can overtake them on points, yeah. which is not out of the question. Yeah. So, um, you know, so uh, it's it's all to play for. I mean, I think we're looking at the two Milan clubs and looking at their fortunes. Inter certainly with the easier path, win at home against Pilsen, and 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 you're going through. Milan have to win two games, uh, no questions asked. Um, you know, now they, they win against Zagreb, okay? And if Chelsea can go on the road and beat Salzburg, then that puts Milan a point ahead of Salzburg for second place, and then they just have to worry about not losing uh, at home to them. So that that's where it might change just a little bit. But, you know, certainly Milan's path is a little bit tougher. Um, 
more impressive to you, what Napoli has been able to do in Group A or what Inter did over two legs against Barcelona? That's a tough. Now, see, this is this is you come you come to City S, sit down to get the answers to questions like these. This is what we talk about. I so I will say this: what Inter did over two legs against Barcelona is is damn impressive, damn impressive what they did, especially going to Barcelona and getting that three three result. Um, but I'm gonna give the edge to Napoli because they took on Group A, where many of us didn't think they would. Oh, well, they thought maybe they could progress to the second round, but win the group. Get three straight wins, four straight wins. No one thought that, right? The, the manner that they won these games, they've been blowing everybody out. They beat Liverpool, Rangers, Ajax twice. Um, that's unreal. Yes, Inter should get praised. They were very impressive. Um, can they hold it? If they do that against Bayern Munich, I might change my story. But right now, I'm going to say Napoli because it's just no one saw this coming. We all knew Inter had this within them to compete against these big teams. They always do. It's always tight. Uh, but what nobody foresaw Napoli doing what they're doing right now to everybody, not just in Italy, but also in Europe. So uh, the whole the whole world is now looking at Napoli like, what can you do for me next? Hmm. All right, I'm gonna just just for the sake of the counterpoint because I can I can see how I can agree with that, but I'm just for the sake of the counterpoint, I'm gonna say it's Inter. Um, we thought Napoli could get out of this group and and go through. We thought it was a much tougher hill to climb for Inter, and it was going to come down to what they were going to do with the two, over the two games against Barcelona. Now, before Napoli fans all come after me and said, you don't know what the hell you're talking, I'm just being the devil's advocate here, okay? Um, I really don't – it's hard for me to answer that question because both are equal – both are very impressive. But I, I think let's dissect Napoli's group, okay? Um they got a they get a Rangers team that it's now proven this Rangers team is just way out of their depth, um, and and uh, it probably magnifies the job that Gio van Bronckhorst did to have that team ready to over to to uh, overcome PSV Eindhoven in the playoff, uh, you know, to get here. And now obviously it wouldn't have been PSV Eindhoven in this group with Ajax; it would have been another team by then. But you got Rangers; um, they're kind of the lucky to be here team. This is not the same Ajax team that we've sent, seen under the last few years under Ten Hag. You know, I argued this. Um, I argued this uh, multiple times um, on, uh, on on when when talking about Ajax. This, this is a team that's been gutted. Um, they still have some very good players there. Don't get me wrong, uh, but this is not the same Ajax team that's looked so good over the last few years under under Eric Ten Hag. And I think that. Napoli got to take advantage of that, and they got Liverpool in a in a time where yes, I mean a four one win over Liverpool at home at the at the Maradona is impressive. But it, let's face it, this was not the Liverpool that that's out there now that just beat Manchester City. They they Klopp was throwing anything to the wall to see what would stick as far as who could play next to Van Dijk because of the injury to Matip. Um, among other players, um, they had other guys that were not available. They, they just weren't the same team. Um, now I'll grant it. I'll say this. I always think that Trent Alexander, um, is a defensive liability and a good left winger like Fadich Kalia is going to exploit that. And he, he did, he got an assist in that game. Um, but you could argue that when they, they, they got Liverpool at a time when Liverpool wasn't the Liverpool we we've come to watch and come to come to come to know and appreciate over the last few years, an IX team that's down and a Rangers team that's out of their depth um, where you have interplaying a Barcelona team that's been restructured, that has outstanding players um, in their team. Shavi um, seems to have them playing the right way. Granted, they lost El Clasico this weekend to, to Real Madrid, but I mean, Pedri, my God, what a baller. Um, Lewandowski scores goals like crazy. Um, you know, but, I think Inter being able and, – and, and let's remember, Inter was doing this in the middle of turmoil with the domestic season, losing games, losing the Milan derby, losing to Lazio, uh, losing to Napoli. Uh, they played Napoli, didn't they? I think they did. No. Um, I'll come. They, they, they lost to another big team. Uh, I'll, it'll come back to me. Um, I can't believe it. I'm already losing my mind after 10 weeks. Um, it's one of those shows. <laughs> pro- yeah, problem with getting old, right? So, that too. You know, to have the turmoil, to have Inzaghi's seat being a little bit warm, and to come up with a way to 
to get a win and a draw against Barcelona, the team that you had to overcome if you were going to have a chance of coming out of this group and to do it under the circumstances that they did. Those are the arguments that I'll make for why that's more impressive than Napoli. Not going to say I agree with it, but stating the case for Inter. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, all great shots. And I think that's very valid. I mean, it's both these teams should be applauded more than anything else. Right. It's been, uh, Certainly damn impressive what they've been doing for for sure. Roma, thank you, Cena. Of all the things I'm going to lose. The I chat knows. The chat knows. What's that? I said the chat always knows. Yep, they do. They do. Thank you, guys. Thank you for saving me from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Europa League, Roma still in this thing. Uh, a very hard-fought win over Betty, or not a, a hard-fought draw with Betis uh, in Spain. Um, Lazio, uh, whatever that was against Sturm Graz. Uh, we're saying that a lot about Lazio, whatever that was against Udinese, whatever that was against Sturm yeah. Graz. Yeah. Um, but Lazio is in a group where everybody has the same amount of points. Um, they're all on five. Roma, uh, at the end of this group stage, they do get Ludo Graz at home. Um, I believe they go to HJK Helsinki next, which they should get that result. They could conceivably be tied with Ludogrets on points going into this if you think Betis beat Ludogrets, um, which I, I think Roma's still got a shot at finishing second and coming out of this group. The weird thing about Roma's group, um, the weird, okay, HJK is not very good. They they scratched out a draw against uh, was it was it uh, Ludogratz they got the draw against, um, but Ludogratz I, I watched these guys play a little bit and they are they, they want to do what Roma does, yeah they're very good on the break, uh, you know they've got guys like Tekpiti, uh, Rick, um, and, I, and who's the striker um, Argentine uh, the name escapes me I should just pull up their team here. Um, uh, Matias, uh, Matias Tisera. Mm. Uh, there's some dangerous dudes that can go the other way on Roma and make this really, really uncomfortable, uh, you know, when it comes down to a final game. And if they if they're level on points going to that last match day, Ludogratz only has to draw because they won the first game. Yeah. Um, so it's not as easy as Roma fans think, but it should be done, and I think they're going to get through. I think Lazio. I'm wondering if they even care about this competition at this point. Um, you know, two-two to Sturm Graz, nil-nil there. Um, got destroyed by Michelin. I mean, the only showing, the only impressive showing was the win on opening day over Feyenoord. They got to go there. Uh, they get Michelin at home. I, I guess it's conceivable that they I, – I can't see them not qualifying, I guess. You know, I'm almost, it's almost like with everybody on five points with two games left, Lazio should get through by default. Talk about the Roman team's prospects here in this uh, in this Europa League. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, it should have been always known that Betis is going to be difficult for Roma. Um, what we didn't foresee was how good Sturmgratz was going to be. Uh, and say what you will, Sturmgratz comes from a smaller league, whatever, but – you know, two over two legs against Lazio, they look like the better of the team, right? They had the far superior amount of chances to them. Um, but yeah, you know, both teams came out. Even though everybody in that group has four points, uh, it's just uh, it's it's hilarious how this is all shaping up. But I think, like you said, I think both teams, uh, both Roman clubs, have a have a good chance of getting out. Um, Lazio do their job, just outscore everybody else. I mean, they got to they got to finish second. That's all they got to do, and I think they can do it uh, in their group. I mean, everybody's tied on five points. I mean, if you look at the teams with Lazio group, Feyenoord, Michelin, and, and Sturm Graz, on paper, Lazio has the most talented team. Yeah. And you asked whether they care about being in the league or not, the Europa League, that is. I think Sarri does. I mean, he's won the, he's won the tournament before. He wants to give these guys – I mean, if, if they're smart, they give their guys real-life experience for Champions League because that's what everybody ultimately wants to get, right? And right. so – you practice in these tournaments, a practice tournament, and go for it. Why not? And then whatever you do, whatever doesn't work, you learn from that. Um, so I think Lazio has a really great chance of moving on. And then, like you said, with Roma, um, they're going to have to just win their games on out and and handle business against Ludogrets. I mean, Ludogrets, when you say it comes down to the last game, all they need is a draw. 
you would expect Roma, though, to find a way to win that game. With the talent that they have, with Mourinho on the bench, um, they should be able to win it. Uh, and I, I, I'm backing both of these clubs, both Roma clubs, to win uh, and move on. Uh, it's gonna be, it's not going to be easy by any stretch. Obviously, right. it hasn't been so far. If you look at where they are in the standings, both currently third in their, in their respective groups. Uh, but I think um, certainly doable for both Roma clubs, and I think it will be uh, a good thing for City if both of them uh, qualify through the next round. Sure, sure. Um, and then it looks like normal service has resumed with Fiorentina winning two games over Hearts, getting to seven points. Uh, they get Pesaxi here at home. Then they uh, then they travel uh, to the, uh, the, the the Riga the Riga side. Um, I should pull up pull this up and see what what their what their team name is and be professional about it, shouldn't I? RFS, that's what it was. Um, uh, not going to take much for them. I think one more win. Uh, they get uh, Basaksa here at home. If they're on their game, they can beat them. And Basaksa here is a solid, you know, decent side. Um, but at the Artemio Franchi, when they get together again on uh, October 27th, they should be able to get it done and, and wrap up their place in the next stage. Yeah. So uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Roma, despite what they've been doing in, in City A or not doing in City A sometimes, uh, it seems like uh, they got the courses right back on on, on target. Uh, and I, I think they should qualify. I mean, it would be nice to see all Italian teams progress through the next round. Obviously, Juventus is not going to, but if it, oh, the, re- the rest of the teams can, and I think Fiorentina certainly can. Uh, they just got to play their game. They certainly have the talent to, to do it. They look they look great in the, in the, in the last game. So uh, when they're on, they're on, and they're fun to watch. Uh, and I think Vincenzo Italiano would love to get out of that get out of the round, you know, because if he has higher uh, expectations to go to another bigger club, you know, doing doing well in these kind of situations is is important to, you know, for his success going forward. So I, I think Fiorentina will go through, and uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see all all Italian teams go through, but Juventus because they're obviously out. Well, we'll call our shot then and say that we think that. Three Serie A teams will be in the knockouts of the Champions League. We think that Milan will do the necessary over their last two games to get out of that situation. We think that Inter should not have any trouble uh, with uh, Pilsen on match day five, uh, winning that match to secure their place in the next round. And Napoli have already won Group A. Yep. Um, we think the Europa League will have three Serie A teams as Juve will finish third in Group H. And Roma and Lazio qualifying their, from their groups, and Fiorentina coming out of the Conference League. So all seven teams should still be playing in Europe uh, after the new year. Uh, so, which yeah. you know, just makes the title race, the the Scudetto race itself, even more entertaining with the added fixtures uh, of playing in Europe. And we'll see if any of these teams get that far and decide, hey, this is this is where we're going to cut our losses. Nice to get this far, but time to think about. Uh, qualifying for some other stuff and, and we're not going to do it continuing to play in this competition that always comes to mind so we'll have to see how it how it plays out um so three to the champions league knockouts three to the europa league knockouts and then one to the conference league knockouts yeah so, all right and with that that's our roundup on europe richard take us through what happened over match day 10 all right, so uh, match day 10 is certainly an interesting one, no doubt about it. Uh, starting it off, we had a uh, relegation six-pointer, I guess. Uh, Eppoli hosting Monza. Monza have been on fire as a late new manager in here. Hey, I just realized we're both wearing red. Anyway, uh, Monza red. Anyway, um, Monza has been hot, but uh, a game that they probably had to have, you know, it's a team that's uh, on your level, something you're trying to beat to get out of the relegation zone. Uh, Empoli, Empoli actually scored the first goal in the 11th minute through Haas. A wonderful play there by Empoli. End-to-end um, stuff, but really no other goals in this game. Empoli win one nothing. Uh, first loss for the new manager at Monza. Uh, moving on, the uh, Derby della Mole, Torino hosting Juventus. Bremer facing his whole team. Uh, entertaining game. Juventus, after the embarrassing game in Champions League in midweek, uh, came back, looked a lot better in terms of attack and getting opportunities on the goal. Milinkovic Savic came to play. He had some big saves in the game, um, but would be one goal. And these games sometimes only have one goal uh, in these in these close derbies. And it was Vlaovic after numerous attempts at all game long, finally got in the 74th minute. Uh, one nothing Juventus win the derby, uh, maybe just momentarily saving Allegri's job just for another week. Uh, moving on to Atalanta hosting Sassuolo. Uh, certainly an entertaining game. We had arguably 
no, I'm not going to say arguably. This is the goal of the week. Kriakopoulos, uh, wonderful ball in the 41st minute. It is a contender for goal of the year, no doubt about it. One nothing Sassuolo. Is there a shotgun hand? Uh, of course not. There's a uh, oh Atalanta, right? Atalanta scores and stop his time. Pasalic scores just minutes later after that goal. Uh, made a one one, and then on the other side of the break, Lookman with a beautiful goal. Goal of the week candidate for sure. Uh, two one Atalanta win at home. Uh, Inter would they have a letdown against Salernitana? You would think not, but you never know in this game. This game was a lot tighter than expected. Uh, Lautano scored. In the 14th minute, made a one nothing game. A little bit of ease there, but the, the second goal took a while to come again. Uh, it wasn't until 58th, a nice goal by Barella. 58th, 2 nothing Inter win at home. Uh, moving on to one, many people were thinking it would be the, the game of the week outside of the tournament. Darwin was Lazio against Udinese. Very entertaining game, uh, Frank. I watched this game. Uh, I was I hunkered down, wanted to see this game, see what would happen. Expecting goals. I think you and I probably both expected goals in this game, but there were none. Zero, zero. Lots of opportunities. A lot of end-to-end stuff, but uh, unfortunately no goals. For, for a zero-zero game, it was fairly entertaining, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no goals nonetheless. A game that had goals, a relegation six-pointer. Spezia against Cremonese. Goal scoring started in the second minute by uh, Dessers. Uh, Enzola in the 19th, after trying to be playmaker, gets the ball back, scores a goal. Um, home, just minutes later, 22nd, 2-1. to one. Looks like Spezia is going to route them, but uh, Pickett, uh, Pickle, excuse me, in the 52nd minute, tied it up. 2-2, that game ends. Napoli, Bologna. Napoli, would they have a letdown? Chances are they wouldn't have a letdown, but this game was a lot closer than expected. Tiago Mota's men, Tiago Mota's men came to play. Uh, goal story started early for Bologna. Xerxes, first goal of the season by him, a lovely play, give and go uh, between him and, uh, and, and his teammate there. One nothing, but just minutes later, Juan Jesus scored in the 45th minute. Put 1-1 to the break. On the other side of the break, Lozano scored. Nice goal there. Barro equalized. Cambiasso's having a good game there for um, for uh, Bologna. Had two assists there between Xerxes and Barro. Uh, and then 69th minute, you can you can contain Havrashelia for a little bit, but he'll eventually break through. He sets up Osimhen. Osimhen gets the game-winning goal. Beautiful pass by him. Beautiful finish by Osimhen. 3-2 Napoli win the barn burner there. Uh, and then the, the nightcap, if you will, uh, Hellas hosting Milan. New manager bump, maybe, by uh, Verona. Uh, new manager in, and they certainly, they certainly played a lot better, but uh, didn't start well for them. Milan on the road uh, scored. Uh, Viloso, nice play by Leal on the left-hand side. Hits it off Viloso, goes in, own goal, one nothing at that point. Looked like Milan were going to cruise, but no. Gunter, uh, the 19th minute, equalizes. Nice deflection off of Gabia. Uh, stellar defending there. By him, 1-1, and it was 1-1 for the longest time. Verona, you know, did well in this game. Not only were they just – they weren't just sparking the bus. They were actually doing nice moves in the offensive end, nice counterattacks goal, nice team play. Uh, not the Verona we've been seeing all season long. Uh, obviously getting a little uh, uh, rejuvenation there with the new manager. But in the 81st minute, a uh, nice piece of play. Tonali starting to play. Ended up giving up to Rebic. Rebic gives it back to Tonali. Finishes it off. 2-1 Milan win, as champions do, late in that one. Uh, yeah, that's that's the eight games. We didn't, they got two games to go. That's on tomorrow. But uh, of these eight games, uh, where do you want to start? Real quick on the Milan Verona game. I don't want to go too into too detail, but the new manager for Hellas Verona, Salvatore Bocchetti of the Milan Banter era, and that would have been a miserable experience to sit and watch that game and be beaten by a manager who is from your Banter era. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but. 35 shots between the two teams in that game. Uh, Napoli-Bologna, 46 shots. Napoli had 30 shots. They had 11 on target. A lot of chances. I mean, another just stunning attacking display from Spalletti's side overall. And, you know, just a little naive defensively in this one with Bologna scoring a couple of goals. Spezia and Cremonese, a lot of shooting there. And teams are shooting. Cremonese had 24 shots in this game. Uh, probably kicking. What's that? A season high for them. Probably, uh, probably kicking themselves for not being able to find the ability to to see that game off and win it. Because I think, you know, they put them eight. It would put them eighteenth, but they'd be on six points and they'd be a point from safety, and that you know that means everything. And that would have dragged Spezia into this a little bit further, just to, at least the way things have started. Um. So, uh. So let now let's just get into the Derby della Mole. Um, 
you know, I thought this was, you know, I mean, it's, it was a derby uh, and it was cagey. There was a lot of chances. Juve had, Juve, how only, how Juve only came away with just one goal uh, stuns me. Milinkovic Savic was excellent. Yeah, we're saying this about Juventus. Um, I thought the midfield played well. You had service from Cuadrado and Kostic. Um, creating a ton of chances from the, and I thought Allegri's tactics were excellent because those two guys playing in the wing back positions and having just a little bit more freedom, you know, and then you play a back three, Danilo, Bremer, Alexandro, any, any back three that keeps Bonucci off the pitch um, gives you a chance. If you're Juve, I mean, at at some point you just cut your loss and say, let you you, club legend. You've been with us for so long. We got to turn the page. So, and I thought that, um, yeah, Allegri set this team up smartly. You have very good playmakers coming back the other way for Torino with uh, Vlasic and with Miranchuk, uh, who were lively in, in creating some things. Aina can be a handful on that right wing back position. Um, I think the presence of Kostic and his ability to stamp his authority getting forward on the left hand side kept Aina from being dangerous as a wing back going forward. Um, so I think that that's another reason why, and the same thing with Lazaro playing as the left wing back in, in this game for Torino, the wing backs for Torino were neutralized and really couldn't support the attack because of the presence of Quadrado and Kostic. Quadrado and Kostic imposed themselves on this game. And while Vlaovic, um, had the goal, I'd, I'd say Quadrado and Kostic were joint men of the match for those reasons. Um, you know, it, you know, it basically left Torino to have to deal rely on Miranchuk, Vlasic. Radonjic got in there, and I think he had a chance that was – he had a really good chance that ended up being off target. Um, you know, and then Lukic is another guy that you got to watch out for too. Um, he's a guy he'll, – he'll play in the midfield. He'll do a lot of the dirty work. But when he, they, he – they, when Torino counter, you'll see him just – and he's got speed. You know, they just they don't play him in a wide area. They don't play him in an area where he's going to exploit that. So, um, Juve's performance is a product of a, a system that does not have a plan B or a plan C when a plan A does, when plan A does not work. Um, plan A looked pretty good to me and don't think they needed plan B or plan C in this game because of that. What did you think? Yeah, no, I thought I agree with you. I think plan A was certainly uh, working wonders and then, the fact, like you said, they didn't get more goals in this game. I thought was uh, the more shocking thing. It was, um, yeah, when 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 you can stick, when you when you can have an original game plan going into a game and not have to deviate from it, it's a pretty decent day, right? Uh, it's when you have to start going into Plan B, Plan C, and uh, start really adjusting in game, which it happens in big games, right? It happens, uh, mm-hmm. but the fact they didn't have to uh, says a lot that the, the managerial, tactical wise, they got us right, uh, yeah. and it'll be a good result. Yeah. Yep. With you. Um, Lazio and Udinese. Um, okay. I mean, Udinese, the, the winning run is the actual winning run is over. They got a couple draws here now, but I mean, drawing out to I mean, they have only lost to Milan this season. It's still astonishing. Okay. And their run, they haven't played. Udinese really hasn't played, aside from Salernitana and Monza and Verona. They've played all difficult opponents. When you look at their when you look at their schedule, okay, Milan lost, Salernitana draw, Monza win, Fiorentina win, Roma win, Sassuolo win, Inter win, Hellas Verona win, Atalanta and Lazio draws. That is a rough slate. Yeah. Okay. And you're talking about an Udinese that has 21 points from those 10 games. I would have thought if Udinese got out of this first 10 games with 10 points or maybe 12 points, that that would have been an accomplishment. They're on 21. So it's crazy. um, Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's clearly, um, it's clearly the, you know, we might be talking about them more if, 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 if Napoli isn't existing the way they've existed so far. And we might be talking about Andreas Sotil as manager of the season, at least manager through the first ten games. But I think you got to give that to Sp- you, you might have to get that give that to Spalletti. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, if Napoli end up winning the title, yeah, uh, sure, Spalletti should get it. But I mean, if Sotil, that's interesting, right? Say Napoli win the title, but Sotil makes, let's just be crazy, say he makes Champions League. How do you not give it to Sotil at that point? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. hard. Both managers doing an excellent job. What Sotil is doing with Udinese is fantastic, no doubt about it. I think this is the first time, honestly, I could say this season, outside of that Milan match, hey, what's up, Ali Oxenfree? Uh, outside of that match, that Udinese didn't look like the best team on the pitch. I thought Lazio played very well in that game, but, you know, to Sotil's credit, they bent, but they didn't break. Uh, and then they gave it right back. It wasn't just like it was all Lazio. You know, they had their opportunities as well. Uh, and that's a sign of a good, well coached team. Uh, that mm-hmm. you'll be able to take adversity and be able to give it back as well. Uh, so, I mean, so Teal has done a great job this year. And, you know, you talk about Spalletti as well. Spalletti obviously has done a fantastic job, not only in the league, but also in Champions League, as we just mentioned a couple minutes ago. Um, so, I mean, either way, I mean, both men would probably deserve it at this point. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against you if you picked either one. Right now, I'm going to rank the managers of the season in this order. Spalletti one, Sotil two. Gasparini three, Saudi four. Yeah, I wouldn't fight you on that. I like okay. that. Okay, you don't want to change that? No, no, I like that. I think uh, you probably flipped the first two. You know, if you wanted to be, if you, if you wanted to play devil's advocate, but I mean that top four is pretty good. I mean what Gasparini's doing, uh, what Saudi's doing as well, and then you probably, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I think that's a great top four. I, I don't see anyone else you would put in there. Uh, the, uh, the you know, the top twenty teams that would be able to. Pull that water, I guess. So it's certainly the top four, I think. Well, let's look at Napoli so far. I mean, just through the uh, just through Serie A. Okay, so they beat Bologna, beat Cremonese, uh, beat Tonino, beat Milan. Okay, impressive. Beat Spezia. Uh, won at Lazio. Good, good win. Drew it. Drew it. Fiorentina. Beat uh, Drew Lecce. Uh, beat Monza, beat Hellas Verona. That's that's been their slate. Um, couple, I mean, certainly Napoli have not played as tough a slate as Udinese have. Sure. Right? When you're and, just talking about City, yeah, but they're also playing in Champions League. But I, 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 say, and, and, and to Ali's point, I'm not saying Napoli going to win the title. I'm just saying he's asking me who's you know who's going to who's the better manager, who gets manager of the year between Sotil and and uh, Spalletti. And I said if they won the champ, if they won the league, he would be manager of the year. But I'm not saying they win the title. I'm just saying. You know, in that regard, they're playing well, and it's too early, way too early. Like you said, they still haven't played some of the the big dogs yet, and so we'll see what we'll see what the long, long way to go, long way to go. And and I want to piggyback Ollie's point because he's talking about playing Roma and then having to play uh, Atalanta four days after playing Liverpool. Okay, who beat Man City this weekend? Right. So I just named the ten games that Napoli played. I gave the case for maybe having 12 points in that group right now. Okay, it's impressive on the surface, but when you deep dive and you see where those teams are at or were at when they played Napoli, you know, maybe it doesn't look as good as you think. You know, so same thing. How how impressive is this really and how many big teams? I mean, yeah, they beat Milan. They drew Lazio. they, They beat Lazio. I'm sorry. But yeah, Roma, Atalanta, Inter, Juve, they still got to see all those guys yet. You know, can they sustain this? You know, it's, and I think we're looking at a contrast here in schedules. Udinese played a, to me, Udinese's schedule is much tougher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're 21, you know, and again, I'm not trying to dog Napoli because what they're at and what they're doing, the football they're playing, Mamma Mia, just, just brilliant. Okay. But at the same time, let you know, and to, and to Ollie's point, and what it's exactly what I was arguing about the Champions League group before. Let's have them really get pressed and let's see how they respond. So, um, yeah. where Udinese has been, been pressed and gotten it done, I mean, nobody saw this coming. Um, only the most ardent Udinese supporters might have said, Yeah, maybe we have a chance. Yeah, so, so we'll have to ask Sonia if, uh, if if she if she saw this coming with Udinese, I know she wants to talk more Udinese. So maybe we'll have her on here and we talk Udinese, huh? Well, let's get, we should. We'll get. We'll try to get Sonia back on here. She was one of the OGs. That's right. So, um, although I don't know if she'd do video with us. <laughs> you can always, you can always hide your camera. I guess you can always do one of these. You know, keep talking like this. 
There you go. There you, there go. you go. Just just show off your brand name. So just show off your logo. <laughs> just another excuse for you to show off your logo, Richard. We get it. Um, we have, I think, the only other things that maybe we want to gloss over. I mean, Inter Salerni Town. That's not a big deal. Inter does that to Salerni Town all the time. Uh, Monza were shit housed. Really, the only way you can put that. Empoli's Empoli's probably lucky to get out of there with three points. Um, Milan. I thought it was a good response after the Chelsea loss. Uh, Verona's always been plucky, regardless. And, and you a new manager bumped to your point, Bocchetti. Um, yeah, they're not as good this year as they've been in years past. Uh, but they've always been kind of a difficult proposition for Milan. Um, you know, I think that, okay, it's a 2-1 win. It's only one goal win. And when you look at just the raw scoreline, you're thinking – all right, you should beat Verona by more than this, shouldn't you? You got guys like Leal and Giroud and guys like that. But I mean, I think when after coming off of what just happened in the Champions League, having to regroup, refocus on the league, I think it says something about the character of this team at this point. Yeah, no, no, for sure it does. Um, and you know, to Ollie's point too, like you know, they play mostly backups in, the, in this one too. Um, you got to see a lot of guys who don't get the many, the many minutes yep. in the, normally. I got to see Malik Chow. Got to see his uh, debut in this one. I thought it was a good debut by him. Got to see Adley start in this one, which is nice. Um, sure. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get carried away because it was a cameo. It was the last seven minutes of the game. Helped see the game out, but bottle Chow that up and just Chow, Yeah, bottle that up and do that every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Gabia certainly can't do it. But uh, no, no. I think the performance was fine for the lineup that was. You know, they came back. They got a win ultimately. Um, it probably took them. 75 minutes to really wake up, you know, so to speak. And that's when they really started playing. But um, they were in there. Verona played tough. They always play tough against Milan. Uh, mm-hmm. The new manager bump was always going to help. A lot of guys fighting for starting lineup there, you know. They're really going to try to impress a new manager there. And so I thought Verona played well. Milan did, you know, did fine. Um, no, we as Milanisti, we can't wait for Magnon to come back, right? Because he's a, right. a calming blanket back there for us. Let's not worry about anything. Katarashanu, you never know, right? And they had a moment when they um, – what's his name? Piccoli came on, and he had a header off the post, and then the rebound came and went right off the bar. I mean, it has a close moment, sir. And, you know, Katarashanu does okay. Uh, sometimes he's world-class, sometimes he's a dud, but um, it is what you get with him. And so I think for what Milan had in front of them and what they just went through over the midweek – this is a good response for them. They get the three points. That's what you expect by a, a champion to do, uh, and they did, right? They could have easily crumbled in this one and let Verona walk all over them, but they didn't. They fought him, you know, you know tooth and nail to the very end, and then they got a goal by Tonali at the end. Of course, Tonali's going to score, right? Uh, big game player. When Milan needs a goal, Tonali steps up. So, yeah, good performance. I agree with you about that. Yeah. Um, so I think that – I think that we got a reason to be impressed. Um with what uh with what Milan accomplished here. Um how about Monday? Uh Sampdoria Roma, Lecce Fiorentina. Um you've got Stankovic now at Sampdoria. Yeah. Trying to clean things up over there. Um getting to go up against his old manager. Ain't that something, huh? It's funny how the it's funny how the the uh, schedule gods work sometimes, right? But uh yeah, yeah I think it's going to be uh should be a good one. It should be you know, the way Roma's been playing lately, it should be a close game. It shouldn't be, but it will be. Um, I think Roma will get three points in this one, but I think Sampdoria should be playing better. They hadn't played better under Sankovic, at least the one game that they had. Um, I think that they're going to make it tough for Roma, for sure, especially since they're at home. But um, ultimately, I think Roma has enough that they're going to be able to take that one. It's going to be uh, certainly, you know, Stankovic trying to uh, show his old boss that uh, – he can do things too, right? Sankovic is a pretty decent manager as well. Uh, yeah. But uh, if he can get Sampdoria humming and getting around the relegation, that'll be uh, a victory in itself, right? And so let's see what he can do against Roma. It'll be difficult for sure. You know, they don't have Dybala. They don't have some key players. But uh, I think uh, they should be fine for a one-goal victory, maybe 2-1 or something. Okay. I'm with you. I think that's going to be a tight game. I think that uh, Stankovic, and them, Stankovic will have these guys playing a lot harder. Um. You know, watch this Cervantes Vesda teams quite a bit, and and those teams played hard. Um, they may not have been the most technical, um, yeah. but 
they came at you um, and they made life difficult on you. So um, I'm, I'm looking at, but I'm looking at Roma just narrowly escaping like you are. I think it's a two, one kind of game. Um, nothing to get uh, terribly uh, carried away with. I think that Roma just, they, they take a professional approach here. They get the job done. So um, how about Lecce Fiorentina? That's going on tomorrow as well. Yeah, you wonder where Fiorentina's head is at, right? Um, obviously, they they did well in the midweek game, I guess midweek, end of the week game uh, uh, in the conference league. But uh, this is on paper, they're like, yeah, they should win this game easily. But Lecce have been playing people tough, even though they've been losing and not getting the results that they want. Um, they've been playing people, people tough, right? Ask Roma last week. Roma barely beat them, what, 2-1 was that game? Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's possible. And, and Fiorentina... You know, last year, last week, I should say, they lost 4 nothing to Lazio. Now, Lazio's a different beast than Lecce, for sure. But, you know, Fiorentina aren't prepared for this. So they look glossing over and waiting for the, you know, the next game, which they don't, it shouldn't. It's, they got, there's no reason for them to skip over this. It shouldn't be a letdown game. But don't be surprised if Lecce makes it tougher than it should be. Um, I, I see a one-goal game in this one, too. Fiorentina should win, but... Yeah, it, it's you never know with these with these clubs. Event at one point, at some point in the season, they're gonna have to start revving up their engines and trying to get some points somewhere, uh, because you know you can only get so many points against the bottom bottom feeders if you're like if you're trying to get out of relegation. You eventually have to you, you have to take some points off some big guys. And Fiorentina is a team you could pick them off because they're they're prime for a letdown. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's what um, I think that. Fiorentina go ahead and win 2-0. It's going to be one of those that Italians be like, all right, got ourselves back in a good position at Conference League. Finally got a team that we can, we you know, got a team here that we can cope with and, and should, and I think that they'll go ahead and get it done. So um, I think that Lecce will make this interesting at the beginning of the game, uh, create some pressure, create some problems, but I think that Fiorentina with, with, with some of the technical players and the quality that they've got going forward – I think they're going to be a little too much for Lecce to overcome. And I think Fiorentina get out of there 2-0. I think the saving grace for Lecce here is their their stadium, their location, uh, difficult place to go and get points. Teams have had a hard time. Inter had to battle for the last minute to get three points when they went there. Uh, but I like Fiorentina to go on and get a couple goals here, win 2-0. Uh, Colorado JPN, Mourinho continues to use Matic Crisante pair, and unfortunately this really doesn't work. What else is he going to use? That's my that's my rebuttal of that. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to be I'm not trying to be condescending about it or anything like that. But there really isn't a lot of depth, you know, in terms of midfield stoppers at Mourinho's disposal. You know, I mean, you you can pair Pellegrini next to one of them, but that's not his role. Kamara, yeah, Kamara's all right. Um. But do you really want Madi Kamara? Does Madi Kamara really have the experience, and does does he have what's required to be able to play and, and hang in a in, in what Mourinho demands of that position for ninety minutes? You got to ask yourself that. I don't think he can, but I think this is a good opportunity to try it. Uh, he has been impressive in the cameos that he's had, um, but let's let's give him ninety against Sampdoria. See what he can do. Uh, yeah. You'd rather do that than against uh, you know Derby della Capitale, right? So yep. give it a chance, see what happens, and then, um, yeah, go from there. But you're right. There's not many options at the moment uh, outside of Cristante and, and Matic. You know, Kamara would be my 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 choice, but he has to be prove himself, right, like you said. So you know, he's got to get an opportunity. Might as well do it to a team like Sampdoria who are still trying to find themselves uh, and see what you can get from him there. You know, better do that is what I said. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, we don't have a uh, we don't have any Europe to speak about this week. We can maybe look ahead to next week, Richard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think we need to waste our time with goal of the week. It was Kyriakopoulos for Sassuolo. Yeah, I, the rest of my top five was all saves, so that's fine for me. <laughs> okay, I actually have the I had a top three, and the other two were the two inter goals. I, okay. I like the team play that led to the tower finish. Uh, and I like the uh, first touch from Barella to to create his goal. Okay, so, I like it. Uh, um, let's see. 
next week. What is we got? What is Fiorentina got Inter English? on Fiorentina Inter on Saturday? You got the um, uh, Berlusconi Derby, uh, Milan Monza. Yeah, we do. We do, don't we? Um, Fiorentina Inter, good. Atalanta Lazio, Roma, Roma Napoli. Yep. Big, big, uh, big, big week of games. Um, uh, so, or a big weekend of games. Some really good teams going at it. Like you said, Fiorentina Inter. Uh, next Sunday, we've got Atalanta Lazio. We've got Roma Napoli. Um, so, a little bit of a potential for some shakeup in the. Uh, um, it looks like Juve play Friday, they play Empoli. So, so there's a Friday game, there is three Saturday games, there is four Sunday games, and then there is two Monday games next weekend. So City A is going to be all over the place from Friday through Monday next week. It's going to be spread out. So that's what yeah, we're here some, for, too. Yeah, some good games, though, for sure. So I, I, I can't wait to see what, you know, what it'll, we'll see a lot here. I'm really curious to see the reception from Berlusconi in the, in the Monza game. You would imagine it to be a good one. Uh, Fiorentina enters a big one, obviously Udinese Torino, uh, and then Atalanta Lazio. That's going to be that could be a low-scoring game there. And Roma Napoli could be another could be a barn burner there as well. So a lot of fun. I can't wait to see. That's going to be a fascinating matchup, Napoli Roma. I, I really think so because you got Napoli who love to go at you, love to attack, love to create. They they they're they're dangerous in a lot of different positions against the Roma that. You know, are at their best when they can get behind the ball. They can let you have some possession. They get the they get the counterattack game going. Um, you know, and create off of that. So, um, I absolutely think that this is going to be it's going to be a fascinating watch just for that reason to see who can get that edge. Um, you know, I think that you know Marino's got to answer multiple questions with with. Napoli, you know, they're not one dimensional. I mean, if you focus on Kvaratskhelia, then Zielinski is going to beat you. You yep. know, if you focus on Zielinski, then Lozano or Politano could end up beating you, or even Osiman. Um, or you could get some trouble from the fullbacks coming forward with their ability to cross, especially Mario Rui if he plays on the left. Um, you know, conversely, Napoli. Um, you have to think that Tommy Abraham is starting and playing high. With Kim having the ability to to do some recovery, let's see who wins foot races to the free ball and balls that are in played in behind. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then can I can see Mourinho going three four two one? And can those two playing behind Abraham one put a lot of pressure on Lobotka in the middle of the park? but also start drawing out the other center backs to loosen that up where Abraham's going to have the freedom. I think that those are the things that people will need to watch for when we watch this Napoli-Roma game next Sunday. So going to be a hell of a game. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just hope uh, there's goals in the game because sometimes when we always see these games where there's a potential for a lot of goals, right? We've seen them. Even like when I, in the past, it was like Atalanta against Asuolo. Guaranteed lots of goals, and it ends up being like a one nothing 0 0 game. You're like – what the hell happened there? So hopefully we get some goals in this one. BetMGM right now has Napoli plus one thirty-eight on the money line, Roma plus one eighty-eight on the money line. So in, in other words, you bet a hundred dollars. Say so if Roma's plus one eighty-eight, you're betting a hundred on Roma to win one hundred eighty-eight dollars. So, okay. Um, and then if you're, you're betting plus one thirty-eight on Napoli, you got to you're betting a hundred to win one hundred and thirty-eight. So. Um, draws at plus two fifty. That that's actually kind of tasty because I, I can't pick. I don't think I can pick a winner here. I think that it's going to be. I actually think it's going to end up being a little bit more on the cagey side, which is going to play to what Roma likes. Um, but I think Napoli is going to have enough quality to them to score goals in this game. I you know think a, a one one draw is fine there. Mm -hmm. If you even want to go two two, I can see that as well. So, but I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Yeah, so yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yep, Fiorentina and Inter. Um, I think I, I don't think Fiorentina are ready yet. That's what I'm coming away with with them. Um, first post from Japan. Hey, good to good to have you with us. Yeah, we're big in Japan, Richard. 
That's right. That's right. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good to have you with us. Um, I don't think Fiorentina are ready for this. Um, and I, I like Inter on the counterattack. Uh, you know, I think that Fiorentina is going to be invited to possess. They're going to be invited to try to do things through the midfield. I think that Mandragora can be a key in creating some things going forward from the midfield position. Uh, I think the wingers could be a problem. It's going to be interesting to see what Simone, how Simone Inzaghi counters that because if he plays Dumfries, he wants to play Dumfries high. Um, and if you do that, okay, you probably pin Biragi, but what are you going to do about the left winger in that role? Um, I, I think Inter, Inter are going to have a counterattacking approach to this game. I think they're going to get Fiorentina caught out. In a couple of moments, and I like Anthony's scoreline. I'll go two one to Inter. I think that Fiorentina will get a goal here, but I think Inter's going to win the match. Yeah, uh, just not just to change things up a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll not go with that scoreline. I would say, um, let's say one one. One one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You like a draw there? All right. Yeah. It could happen. So, but I agree about the counterattacking philosophy that Inter will employ. That seems to be their go-to. It worked wonderfully against Barcelona, right? Uh, right. So why why change things up? So yeah, I agree with that. Right. Okay. Um, moving on. I think that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. So are technical difficulties preventing us from doing uh, who won Calcio Twitter this week? Yeah, unfortunately, it is. Um, try I try my best, but. It ain't working. It ain't working for me today. I don't know what's going on, folks. So it happens. Though. We're not immune to it. Nope. We're going to have well, – Let's. Let, how about we do this? We'll save all of these, and we're going to have like a two-week bonanza. Yeah. And then – There's no European maybe, game to talk about next week, so why not? Maybe for the winter Maybe for the winter, we can have like some swag if, if we can reach out to hardcore Italians and, and do a T-shirt or, or something like that. Figure something out, yeah. We'll, we'll like come that. up with something. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Or you can just get a frame, but you can get a frame eight by ten of Richard's logo, so, <laughs> with his autograph. <laughs> we'll give that to the winner. That's right. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, all right. Well, if there isn't anything else, we're going to put a bow on this edition of City uh, Sit Down. Man, we already got through this already, Richard. Um, yeah. Nice when we can get this done in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Technical difficulties help that. <laughs> yep. Take it away. We're over an hour, uh, we already had nine minutes in the last video, so technically over an hour right now. <laughs> yeah, we're still over an hour. Yeah, we're you know we're we're closer to the hour mark than we usually are. That's two podcasts uh, in a row now about the hour mark. What's going on with us? Uh, we're probably listening to people who are probably turning us off after ten minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anything you want to shamelessly plug? Uh, what do I want to plug here? Um, other than our, other than our, our YouTube page, right? Uh, no, I want to give a shout out to, uh, Lex and Adriana. Once again, follow, follow them. Uh, check out, it's the, I think the video is still highlighted on our, on our page on Serial Sit Down, but follow both of them, follow the all UVA cast. Great guys there. Uh, great group there, I should say. And then, uh, the Calcio guys, of course, give them a follow as well. Uh, glad to have, glad that they can help us out last week. Uh, when you were gone, and uh, did an excellent job uh, uh, helping us out, recapping all the games, including Milan and Juventus last week. So, yeah, shout out to them. And then, um, yeah, that's all I got. Some shout out right now, I guess. Um, okay, I want to give a shout out to at Grizz Khan, G R I Z Z K H A N, had me appear on. I didn't have a chance to do this on last week's pod because I wasn't here, but uh, I want to give a shout out to him and to the guys that had me on to uh, recap. Uh, match day three of the UEFA Champions League uh, recently um, had a wonderful podcast. Uh, look them up, the Eurostars podcast. You can find them on YouTube or you can find Grizz Khan at uh, G-R-I-Z-Z-K-H-A-N um, and uh, check out his content. They do some pretty good stuff. So uh just want to thank them for having me on. Hopefully they'll have me on again soon. Nice job uh, by you too on there. It was a good, did, it was good. Good watching. Did, did I hold up all right? I, I know that I was kind of getting pushed around a little bit. I, I, I pushed back though. Good. <laughs> so, 
so no, it was it was it was great to have a chance to appear with those guys, the good yep. people, and uh, you know certainly check them out, give them a follow. And shout um, out to Mo too, Mo uh, who is, is often he'll be with uh, Interworld Wide. He's he's on Uncle Sharma's show a lot as well. So give him give Mo a follow too. He's a really good analyst. He he does mostly inner games, but he he does everything. I mean, he's he's a top notch guy there. Wonderful, yeah, top guy, top guy, no doubt about it. So um, you can find me at FTC underscore twenty one. Uh, Richard is at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. You can also follow us at City Oz Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, please do give us a follow. Watching us for the first time, uh, please uh, subscribe. Uh, please drop a like. And also, please hit that notification bell because then you'll get the heads up for when we are live or when we, have, we do any other kind of video drop. I swear, the, day is coming where, the, 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 the day is coming where I'm going to upgrade equipment. I'm going to get my butt down here and I'm going to record some takes uh, so that we can put it on the page. So, um, you know, so, uh, Ali, thank you for the kind words. Uh, chat, thank you all for chiming in and, and having your input. Man, all over the world. We had Japan. Uh, Sharma was, Uncle Sharma was here uh, before the, the tape cut and, and he was in, he's over there in Europe. Um all over the world anthony i think you're still down south somewhere if i not mistaken um but no it's it's great to hear from calcio fans all over the world uh and and tuning into us uh so thank you for making us your your place to get the calcio knowledge louisiana that's what i thought all right i wasn't okay i wasn't too far away from you last week anthony i actually got as far south as hazelhurst mississippi so um which I think was another two and a half hours to New Orleans. So, uh, Arigato gozaimasu. What does that mean? You're the polyglot, Richard. Arigato gozaimasu. Uh, he says, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, all right. For Richard and Frank, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.